Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. Hello, I'm Ellie Nieves, and welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Uh, as the as founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, I uh, lead seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women to show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please go to my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. You can also follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. So today we're talking about COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. This certainly is a new topic for our podcast, but it's not off topic. As women leaders in our homes, in our work, and in our communities, this is our time to rise and shine. And what's most important is how we rise to this occasion. It's important that we be well-informed because knowledge is power. And once we have that information in our hands, we can share it with our families, our friends, people that we work with, people in our communities, and people that we care about. You know, in our society today, in addition to doctors and scientists, there are others who are at the forefront of battling the coronavirus, including our mid-level providers, such as nurse practitioners and physician associates. And today we have someone who is very knowledgeable about this topic, who is going to join us and talk to us about what we can do to also join in the fight against the coronavirus. So today we are joined by Edwin Torres. Uh, Mr. Torres is a nurse practitioner in the Fleischer Institute for Diabetes and Metabolism at Montefiore Medical Center. Uh, which is affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. He earned his Master of Science in Nursing degree and has an advanced certificate in disaster management from SUNY Binghamton, where he is also a, a PhD student. Uh, and he's also a national contributor to US News and World Report. Mr. Torres, welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Um, Ellie, thank you very much for having me on your platform. And thank you to your audience for taking the time um, and listening to us in this uh, critical time that our nation and our global um, 
you know, population is in a crisis. Uh, we are in a national pandemic uh, with the coronavirus, and it is important for us to stay informed, uh, understand the facts, so we can prepare and better ser serve our communities and our family members. Um, so I appreciate the time to speak um, to your uh, audience, and hopefully we can provide some of the uh, question, answers to the questions that they have. And if we don't, they can always reach out to us. So why don't we just start with the very basics. What is the coronavirus and what are the symptoms? Okay, so it's very important for the audience to understand that this is not a Chinese virus. Um, this is a virus that um, they are, it's a family of viruses. It's now the first time that we see a coronavirus outbreak. In 2002, we had the first outbreak in, out of China, and that was with, the, with SARS, which is uh, severe acute respiratory syndrome. Basically, this is a, a respiratory um, you know, virus that attacks your, your airways, and then it causes some distress. Uh, with proper management, patients, they do well, and you know, they, they are, there's a pretty good prognosis. Um, so COVID-19, uh, or, you know, that's the name that uh, the World Health Organization provided this. This is, this means uh, the proper name for this is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, Coronavirus Disease 2019-2. Okay, number one was in uh, 2002, um, 2002, yes, and this is num the number two. So this is a 2.0 version, um, pretty much, uh, that we're looking at. Um, we also had uh, um, the Middle East um, Respiratory Syndrome, that was another coronavirus. Um, the World Health Organization decided to call this COVID because the Middle East Coronavirus Syndrome brought some negative cognitation towards the Middle Eastern region. Um, and we don't want to uh, create a uh, negative perspective of a region because the virus you know, started there. So these, uh, the, this, this virus, is, uh, it feels like the common cold, but it has a different characteristic. Um, this is what we call a zoonotic infection, meaning that um, you know, we get it from an animal. Uh, so you know, there are different um, speculation as to where this originated. Um, the source is unclear, uh, but bats and uh, pangolin, um, they are you know, considered the culprit of this. And, you know, bats, they are about 97% genetically um, uh, similar to Kobe, and the pangolins, they are about 99% uh, genetically similar. Um, so the way this will work is that uh, humans, we will come in contact with, you know, an animal that carry this uh, virus, and somehow the virus learns how to uh, get into our system. In a typical, you know, uh, scenario, you know, only that person will get affected and not be able to transmit it to others. But the virus now has learned to uh, mutate in, uh, in a way that it can be transferred from person to person. So now this is when it becomes a little more um, problematic for us as humans because you know, we interact, we're social beings, um, especially you know, in cultures that you know, hugging and, and shaking hands are very uh, prevalent. Uh, so, it is important to understand that uh, this virus uh, is transmitted from contact, uh, you know, that, you, that, that happens with you and the virus 
So it could be from human to human or from a, or a person. So what are the symptoms? And the symptoms for this, they are, um, they are number one, fever. 80% uh, 80, 80 of the patients, they, they will show up and, you know, they will have a fever. Um, there was a study done by uh, the World Health Organization in which we had 55,924 patients. This was out of Wuhan, um, China, uh, which was where it originated. Um, this is a region that has 11 million people. So they had the virus since uh, um, early December. So the data that we first gathered was from, from, from uh, the Chinese. And 87% of these folks, uh, 80, you could say 80, 88, they develop fever. Then, you know, cough, dry cough, follow, and then you have some fatigue. Uh, fatigue is a very vague symptom. But if you have a fever, a dry cough, um, these are uh, the culprit of this. Um, uh, people, you know, now it's allergy season, right? So do I have, you know, uh, Kobe, uh, the coronavirus, or do I have allergies? You know yourself. Uh, we know ourselves. We know, you know, some of those who develop these allergies. Uh, what does that look like? Um, rarely allergies will come with fever, um, you know. So if you have fever and, you know, you don't feel well, uh, we would like for you to, you know, uh, put yourself, uh, you know, in a, you know, quarantine yourself and contact your provider until we rule out that you have uh, this uh, uh, this uh, virus, uh, yes or no. And, and you kind of touch on the next question, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people who might be experiencing symptoms, they don't necessarily know what to do in a, in a moment like this. Many people might go and run to the emergency room. Um, you know, we've gotten some uh, information uh, through the news as to what people should do. But, but tell us what should they do? Should they call 911? Should they call their doctor, Department of Health, run to the emergency room, self-quarantine? What is the best approach if you think you have so it's very important to know that chicken soup is very good when you go in through this situation. Um, it, it, it helps, it gives you some comfort. And 81% of the people, they're just gonna have mild symptoms. You know, you might have a little bit of fever, uh, you might have the, the cough, um, and it will resolve on its own. Um, you will be okay, you know, in one to two weeks, you're gonna feel better and you, you're gonna move on. Uh, the challenge becomes to about 14% who would devere who will develop a severe case. They're gonna to have to get some type of respiratory assistant um, when we, we bring them to the hospital. Um, and then we have 5% that become the critical cases. And these are the patients who will end up in the ICU. Um, and so if you are home and you, you know, develop the fever, develop the cough, um, you can treat it just the way you treat, you know, your other symptoms. You have a fever, you can take your Tylenol and that's gonna help with that. Um, take a chicken soup so you can stay hydrated and feel comfortable. Now, if you develop, you know, respiratory distress, then that's an indication for you to go and seek um, care at your emergency room. Uh, the reason we want people to, to stay home is because we, we need our hospitals to be there for the people who need it, for those that fall into that 14 and 5%, which is 19% of the population that will eventually need to seek help. So basically, you should self-treat if you feel that you're coming down with some um, symptoms. And self-treating could include what you would normally do if you had a cold or maybe a flu. So take some Tylenol, get enough rest, stay hydrated, uh, have some chicken soup, as you said. Absolutely. And only seek medical attention if you feel that you're starting to have shortness of breath 
and that you might get into a, a, a more distressful type of situation. And of course, everyone knows this, we should self-quarantine if you do have any indication that you're feeling like uh, you're not feeling well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so people, they get anxious uh, because, of course, you see the media, you see the news and, uh, you know, it's a very scary uh, disease. It's a, it's, a sexy, it's a sexy virus right now. But understand that, let's say if you have it, if you have these symptoms of the uh, fever, the dry cough, the malaise, um, you know, to test you and to find out that you have it, um, the treatment is going to be the same. Uh, so if you have it and it's going to resolve on its own, we don't need to test you for you to have it. We have a shortage in the country of testing. Uh, so right now the president said they're working on it, um, but it still needs to trickle down. So we want to say, save those kits for those folks who will be coming in and that we really need to rule out what's going on with them. So I've also been reading that there are some distinctions and differences in terms of how people are impacted, whether you're male or female, or whether you're from an older generation or a younger generation. And this is, you could see it in the mortality rates. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I always say that females are stronger than men. And this is another proof that it shows that they are. Um, but it's important to know that uh, the numbers that we have, they are from, from China and now from Italy, we're starting to see some numbers. Numbers are coming out of New York City, which is the epicenter in the United States. Um, as far as female and male, and, and male, yes, males, they tend to do worse, but the difference is very, it's very, it's very uh, minimal between them. But yes, females, they are doing better. As far as the older population, uh, this is a population that is vulnerable. Um, and we have seen that uh, those patients that are over the age of 60 with a history of cardiovascular disease and diabetes, um, they are fairly worse with this uh, disease, with this virus. Uh, there are some theories that shows that there's some uh, myocardium uh, dilatation of the heart, and that could be one of the mechanisms through which this is, this, this is affecting folks. So the older folks uh, in general, the old rule apply that are vulnerable, the older, the sicker, we need to take care of them. Uh, for some reason, we're not seeing the same in the, in the pediatric population. Um, they are doing, uh, they're, they're doing better. They, if anything, they get the virus um, and they become uh, uh, a transmitter of the virus uh, because they, they just don't get as sick as the older folks. So you and I, we both live in New York and our governor has been providing us with daily updates. And one of the things that he's been saying is that it's going to get worse before it gets better. So from what you're seeing nationally or even internationally, what is the, the, the average rate of infection? So that is a very you know, important uh, uh, question because uh, if we, we're learning from history, right? Um, folks that they were um, in Italy. Uh, in Italy, the first case was reported February 20th. By March 15, that was case one. By March 15, Italy had already more than 16, uh, no, 22,000 um, cases and over 1,600 deaths. Um, so the rate of infection with this virus, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's high. Um, you know, if you become in contact with somebody, the way it will happen is that you need to bring it to your mouth, bring it to your nose, bring it to your eyes. Otherwise, the virus has no chance of getting into you. 
unless if you get you know very close to somebody they cough on you and they're strapless they get they touch you um so the old rule of, of washing your hands try not to touch your face um that still applies uh, if you have a robust immune system you can have it and you won't even feel a thing um, because you're going to have those t-cells that's going to come in and they're going to do their job and and for those who are you know on the compromised side it's very important for them to stay you know uh away from those folks who might have it and bring it over to you um and they shake your hand and know and unknowingly they'll provide they'll give you uh, uh the virus so you mentioned italy and we've heard that uh, the U.S. is two weeks away from where Italy is today. So what exactly is happening in Italy right now? In Italy, what happened was what's happening here. Um, at the beginning, the government tried to take some measure, tell folks, you know, to work from home. Uh, they were they canceled school, but people, you know, they're very social, uh, the Italians. Um, they love family, they love friends. So what happened was that many folks didn't listen. Um, they went out to the bars, they were still doing their social gathering. So what that allowed was for the virus to also have a party with them. Um, and the transmission was fairly quickly. Um, I have a beer, I pass it on to you, or I come in and I help my grandmother. Uh, the Italians, as of right now, uh, they have about 53,000 cases. Uh, they are uh, a, a country with the most mortality in the world. Um, with 4,800 um, cases. Um, additionally, it's worth mentioning that the Italian population is an aging population. Um, so most of the folks that are expiring or from this disease, from this virus there, uh, they are older. Uh, the Italians, they have, to, right now, they're making a hard decision of uh, treating patients ethically uh, and not medically. And what that means is uh, when you have a grandmother who's coming in who's 80 years old uh, and you have somebody who's younger in their 30s 40s or 50s um, you're going to pretty much treat them and say you know i'm going to have to allow the 50 year old person to live instead of this grandmother who if she was under normal under normal circumstances she would have had a better chance at surviving so so the u.s um here we are um we, we, we started a little late uh, with providing uh, you know, uh, guidance to our population and telling them that they need to, to stay in. Um, now people are taking it more serious, but some others are not. As we have seen uh, the videos, uh, what was watching nightly news and the spring breaker, they were still out. Uh, what that allows to do is for the virus to just hang out to and be spread. Now they're gonna go back into their communities. Um, I might not have a, a spring breaker in my house, but we might share the same elevator. We might share the same common area in the building. Um, so it looks a little selfish on the parts of those who don't have an immune compromise, who are younger, to sort of feel like this is not my problem. This is a virus that is uh, attacking the whole world and it's gonna take the entire world to make a communal effort. So without, all of us working towards this, this is not gonna work. Yes, and this morning, uh, Governor Cuomo had another press conference and he went into New York City yesterday and was very concerned with the density uh, 
uh, problem that's occurring. People just aren't taking the six feet of social distancing seriously. People are still going to parks. They're walking very close to each other, uh, unprotected at that. And uh, even uh, in the community where I live, I live further north uh, from New York City, and I've heard uh, people in my community complaining about seeing people from New York City coming up over the weekend, uh, just treating it like it's, you know, an outing. Hey, we've got some mm -hmm. free time. Let's just go out and climb a mountain. Let's go hiking. Let's do this. Let's do that. And look, of course, you can go out and get some fresh air, but you have to be mindful of the density problem here. And we need to make sure that we're keeping the social distance that's necessary in order for us to protect ourselves and our families. Absolutely. Um, many of, the, of our politicians, they have said it, we're fighting with a, an invisible enemy. Um, and it, that is very true. And I could have it right now. Um, and, you know, I don't know that because it takes one to 14 days for me to develop symptoms. Um, during that time doesn't mean that I'm not infectious. Um, it means that I can still give it to somebody else. So I have taken my own measures of not visiting um, my grandmother because I want to make sure I protect her. If she needs something, I will go deliver the groceries. We're not going to come in contact um, because, you know, I probably will fare better than she will. But it's important for the young folks to also understand that you're not 100% out of this there's still a chance that if you become sick that you can fall into the severe or critical cases. In New York City, the numbers that we're seeing is that about 40% of the cases are young folks. They're doing okay um, as far as the mortality goes. The older folks, again, we're seeing them uh, having higher mortality. But if, it, if, if, if this continues to develop, which, we, which it will, our healthcare system is going to be overwhelmed, which already is. And then if you're not finding the proper treatment, that could be a, a terrible situation. So uh, we need everybody to work on this. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and in addition to the actual infection, the actual virus, the other health-related societal impact is an increase in stress and anxiety. So what are some healthy ways that people can manage the stress that we're currently experiencing due to the uncertainty of how things are developing? I, I would recommend folks do a video conference, get your, get your friends, you know, continue that book club that you have. Um, many different, you know, uh, platforms that you can use. We're using one right now. Um, try to do some exercise. You can, you know, if you live in an area that allows you to go out, um, you can still go for that walk in the morning and try to keep yourself at a distance from other folks. In New York City, that's a little bit more challenging. Um, but there are hours that you can pick that are less, uh, you know, crowded. And exercise in your house now, many apps and many uh, videos are online teaching you how to stay healthy um, and try to eat healthy. I know that now we're going to stay home and we're going to be making more trips to the refrigerator. Um, and, you know, we'll see what the outcome of that is going to be. Um, but try to stay in touch with your friends and family. And it's okay. It's okay for us to be fearful of this situation. If you feel like that, it's not an abnormal feeling. Um, but we will get through this. We have gotten through this before. Um, in 1918, we had the Spanish flu. Um, it, it killed many, many, many people. And back then, we didn't have the technology and the advances that we have today. Um, but today, you know, what we need is for us to listen to our healthcare, healthcare officials, 
um, go to the CDC website, go to the World Health Organization, your local health department, and get your information from them um, because they are the one who know what's happening at a global, at a federal, and at a local level uh, in your community. Uh, and if we all take a proactive approach, we will get through this. And uh, you see that China, uh, they are reporting that there's no cases, no new cases happening there. So there is light at the end of the tunnel, even though now it doesn't seem like that because we are going on a peak, uh, we're going up. And the numbers are going to continue to go up. I've been following this for about a month already. Um, and you see that the U.S. have been climbing up in the ranking. Uh, today, we are number four. By tomorrow, we'll be number three. Uh, Italy is number, number two with the number of reported cases. Because of the numbers game, the U.S. is expected to be number one um, in this situation. So, but if we all take a proactive approach, we can uh, make that curve uh, flatten a little bit. Right, we all have to do our part. Absolutely. If uh, some of our viewers or listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, they can get in touch with me via email. Um, I also have a LinkedIn account, uh, which I'm pretty active and try to post uh, articles uh, or uh, peer review um, from peer review journals. Um, so etorres1 at binghamton.edu. So that is uh, E-T-O-R-R-E-S, the number one at Binghamton, uh, B-I-N-G. H-A-M-T-O-N dot E-D-U. I know that many people, they, they spell it with a P, but it's a, uh, it's a T. Um, so, um, and, I'm, and we're here. We're all in this together. It's going to take a communal effect. And uh, make sure you wash your hands. Well, thank you so much, Edwin. I really appreciate you taking the time to enlighten us today. We've walked away with a lot of good, solid information. And to all of our viewers and listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.